not being recorded, <laughs> so be careful what you're doing over there. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Room Podcast, brought to you by 7videos and me, Paul Sherwood. Each week, we'll be cutting through the things that you want to know about video marketing. 7videos have been going for nearly 10 years now, and over that time, we've had many achievements, but also learned a lot of things along the way. This podcast is an opportunity for us to share all that knowledge and all that experience with you. Each episode is going to focus on a different topic, concluding with our seven top tips that you can start to put into action in your business. As with all podcasts out there, you know the drill. If you think it's any good, don't forget to give us a follow and keep up to date on when the next episode drops. Hello and welcome to episode eight of The Cutting Room. And this week, we're talking all about how to build long-term client relationships. I'm Paul Sherwood, one of the founders here at 7videos, uh, and I'm joined again by Jake, one of our producers. Hi, Jake. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you getting on? Not so bad, not so bad. Ready to rock? Always. Good lad. And we've got a new guest this week. So for the first week, we're delighted to be joined by Michael, our client success manager. Michael, how are we doing? Good, thank you. How are you doing? Very good, very good. How are you feeling about your first podcast yeah. experience? Positive, excited, looking forward to it. All the good things. Brilliant. You can maybe jot down a few of them words, Jake. Yours has always been like, uh, not I'm bad, right. I'm all right. I'm, I'm going to be getting replaced. <laughs> so my, my intros aren't good enough. I've got yin and yang sort of either yeah. side there. So, luck. <laughs> so, cool. Right. Well, yeah, for those watching on video, we'll have noticed we're actually in a different room. Um, so the walls are quite thin here. So from an audio point of view, you may have to just kind of bear with us because uh, there may be the odd sort of sounds or leaves rustling in the background. <laughs> So this week, uh, we're obviously talking about building long-term client relationships. Michael, with your role at Seven, you're quite integral to that part of it. And so we thought it'd be good to get you involved and get some of your insight as well as Jake's usual insight. So I guess to kick us off, when you're looking to build these long-term relationships, it's it's all about building trust, right? And you know how, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, definitely. I think when you're building trust, if you think about sort of a, a client relationship, it's like relationships like your friendships. I think that's all based on trust. So if like you really want to be delivering things sort of as and when you say you will, I think part of that, especially when we're going to production side of things, is sort of if things aren't possible in the timeframes that the client wants them, then you should be pushing back and saying, no, we can't do that. But if they are, then obviously get on with it. It's not, it's not people pleasing, is it, right? And I think it, it's been, it's letting them know what you can do and what's realistic and people appreciate honesty, don't they? And I think... As long as you're up front with people at the start of a particular project, then people get that, right? Yeah, I mean, when you're work, talking about working with customers, it's there's always they're spending money with you, and if they don't trust you, then you're not gonna kind of get past the first kind of one or two jobs. In which case, the client relationship doesn't really exist. Yeah, we had a we had a really good example of this years ago when, when we first started out we did a we did a project um for quite a large um international brewery and their head of um marketing for the for europe had come over from amsterdam we did a shoot for them we messed up the audio um and we had two options really it was like well we could have just given them this yeah. crap <laughs> and i'm gonna like i say i'm going back probably eight nine years ago when we did this or we just say, look, you know, we messed that up. 
I'm sorry, <laughs> we're going to have to reshoot it. And we did, we got back the next day and our thing was that, yeah, they're always going to remember what a bad video it was, but if we can improve that experience mm. slightly um, and give them a good video and good outcome, they're going to remember that more. Absolutely. Yeah. And if, you know, it's in the, the industry that we're in, um, video is, it can be quite sort of subjective to people and, with that being said, you, you're never going to get 100% of the videos. that You're not going to hit on 100% of them. But what you can do every single time is make sure that you react in the right way. And I think that is as valuable to a client than actually producing a good quality video. Yeah, but also I think you do need to deliver high quality work as well when you are building. Yeah, you can't you can't keep making mistakes all the way along. You do you do need to you do need to be making something. That, Holding our hands up again. <laughs> Holding our hands up again. We do make good quality work. Yeah, but I think you also need to be sort of meeting clients' expectations and exceeding them all the way through. Um, so yeah. You should always back yourself. You know, if you if you don't back yourself to produce high quality work, then why are you even bothering? But um, I think. On the relationship side, it's just important to recognise where your downfalls are and just make sure that every single time that happens, your client can trust you to react in the right way and put things right for them. And if that happens every single time, when something does go wrong, they'll feel a lot more relaxed and comfortable working with you because they know that that you're going to put, put it right. Yeah, I agree. And I think... Like you say, I think I think both sides are right. It's making sure you're delivering a quality product time and time again, so consistency is key. And in those times when you're unable to deliver that consistently, whether it's a service issue or product issue or, or whatever it is, <clears throat> as long as you're being honest and upfront with your clients about that, you know, we've had instances where a project hasn't gone as well, but how we've reacted to that project has um you know, everybody has projects that don't go well. It's how you react to them yeah. that clients are going to remember. And if you just hold your hands up and say, well, you know, we've done everything we can do, that's over to you, yeah. they're not going to be coming back to you. But if you can show, well, yeah, sorry, that that part of it's not gone how we would have liked, we will do everything we can to resolve it at our expense. The clients think, well, you know what, these guys are good in a crisis, so they're, they're, they're the company and, and team I want to be to be working with. Yeah, definitely. What else do we think kind of improves on that client relationship? I think um, I think being responsive to clients is always always a plus. I think if you've got a long-standing client and they're coming to you with a question, especially if it's needed sort of an immediate an immediate response from you, you need to get back to them as quickly as possible. I think it was the sales training we're doing. Basically, you lose people within sort of the first sort of hour of not responding to them. So you do need to get back to them as quickly as possible. If that's sort of giving them a call or just responding immediately to an email or saying, I will get back to you at this point, then that is always sort of going to be a plus point for you. I think from a new business perspective as well, like if you're, if you're searching for a new company and you get in touch with a company and they come back to you straight away and they're on with it, you kind of stop looking. Whereas if you send an email or leave a voicemail for somebody and then they don't come back to you for an hour to couple of hours, you know, you're still Googling and you're still reaching out to your network to find a supplier that, that, that can do that. So the sooner that you respond, um, the more likely you are to win that business as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I know for when I'm looking for suppliers to sort of help help with things at work, that when you're putting out sort of three different quotes, it's generally sort of the one that comes back the quickest or is the most responsive um, is generally the one that you go with. 
and they tend to be the best because that th- because they do have that ethos of of getting things, you know, of being of responding quickly because you know that it's a big thing about what we talk about from a, a customer service or customer experience perspective is like it's just being aware of what's going on at every single point and that's right at the start from the sales journey as well and I guess it can be applied for you know when you're dealing with existing clients as well it's just making sure that they they know that if they need you and they need they need something yeah. quickly that you're going to be on it and you're not going to be oh well I'll email I've emailed them but they're going to they'll, they'll be in touch in the next couple of days because by that point momentum's gone yeah definitely and I think sort of the, the problem's probably been alleviated at their side I think problems come and go quite quickly but if you can get back to them and sort of solve it for them, then that's going to put you in good stead against sort of anyone else who they might be dealing with. Yeah, it works both ways as well. Like the customers that I work with for with us, like the ones that do respond to me very quickly are the ones that I tend to have, well, obviously have a lot more communication with. And if, if I need to kind of work out an issue with a particular project, if a client isn't very responsive, I'm maybe more likely to just think, it's going to be too much hassle to try and get the answer out of them. I'll try and do it myself. But the ones that I do have regular communication with, I'll just fire them an email. I'll know that they'll respond quickly. And I just have so much better working relationship with them. Yeah, I think it's knowing how people like to communicate as well. I think if, if you know that someone who doesn't particularly respond quickly on an email is actually much more responsible on a phone call, then just give them a ring. It's mixing that up as well. And we speak about it quite a bit because, like, you know, People in corporate companies, they'll get 200, 300 emails a day. That, that Your email is just in a sea of noise for them, whereas for the smaller businesses, they might get you know 20 emails a day and they're much more likely to respond to you. Mm. So it's finding out and, and you know understanding how, like you say, how clients do. And it's trying different things. You know, we've just said the odd, sent the odd text message, WhatsApp, just trying different methods of communicate. I mean, there is a limit, you know, don't yeah. go don't knocking, to, on the door. knocking on the door and saying, yeah. what's going on with this? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's probably, yeah. probably being tempting at times. Yeah. Essentially, you just want them to feel like without hesitation, they can just ask you a question, send you an email or call or whatever, and you'll get back to them immediately. And it just relieves that kind of any sort of stress or anxiety they might have about the issue that they've got. When they've dealt with you a lot as well, there's that trust there that they know that you're on with it in the background, even if there's not an immediate response, but just going back and saying like, I'm on with it. Even if you've not got the full picture at that time is generally sort of the best way to go. Yeah. So all you need to do is just a little message that got your message, leave it with me. It's just to, it's just to let someone know, right, well, They've acknowledged it. They've got it. They might not even might not be able to do anything for two weeks, but or whatever it is. Got your message. Going to speak with the team. I'll be in touch early part of next week. Just thinks right. Yeah. They're on with it. I can tick that off my list, and I can crack on with sort of the next next thing. And I think it's all about understanding your clients as well. And I think you know, with some of the larger clients that we work with, you know, they they work with much shorter deadlines than what maybe an ideal video project would be, mm-hmm. but because we understand them and understand, you know, what 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 do they need from us? Well, they're wanting to look good to their superiors to to to, you know, make their way through their business and to get promoted and you know, understanding how we can help them doing that is by knowing that if a project lands on their lap, mm-hmm. and we can do it in the time frame that they need us to, then they're going to keep coming back to us. Yeah, I think you need to be really clear and sort of setting sort of timelines and guidelines with them as well. Sort of saying doing what you'll do when you say you will I think is like yeah. a key thing that we we talk about but I think doing that 
nicely dropping in one of the values yeah. there as well. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember the last bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> it is a bit wordy, but... Yeah. Uh, Six words of it, yeah. We all know the context of it. So, so while we're obviously being as responsive as we can be, do we think it, how important do we think sort of listening to what the clients are saying is, is in this? I think it's really important sort of listening to clients. I think sort of understanding what they want and what they need from it and sort of really getting to sort of the, the key message. And often it's not, especially with us, it's not just about communicating the message. It's about how they want the message to land. I think it's all, I think it's about listening to what they've got, listening to what they want. Like a lot of people can go onto a sales call or discovery call and think, right, ah, oh, this client has mentioned, I want to have a case study produced. So, you, so you're thinking, right, we need to create a case study, but you need to actually listen to what they're saying because the problem that they have, it might not be a, it might not be a case study that solves that particular problem. It could be anything, but you need to sort of go onto these types of calls and just really understand and ask questions and really find out what the problem is because it might well be something else that you do that is the answer to that. Yeah, a lot of the time I get onto call or I get an email in my inbox and I think, oh, there's the brief. And I think, oh, well, it'd be good for this type of project. And then by the time you get to have a call with them, you think by the end of it, actually, it's a, it's a completely different project. Which yeah. It worked much better in this particular way than it has when you originally thought about it. And they're a lot less experienced in what we do, you know, yeah. generally speaking, our clients tend to work in, say, a marketing department of a company and they video is one sometimes quite small area of everything that they're doing, whereas here it's it, it's what we do. So we can offer advice and let people know, you know, where the experts in, in, in this field and people, you know, they don't always necessarily know. They might think what they want is, but, you know, it's not necessar not necessarily always the right thing. For them. I mean, the most important thing in the whole transaction is is what the client thinks at the end of the day. And, you know, even if you absolutely hate the video that you've provided, but they absolutely love it and it achieves everything they wanted to, it, it doesn't generally go like that. But really, that, that would still be a success. So really, it's not about what you think and what you think you should be saying. It's more about what they think and, and the objectives they have. So... You should definitely be listening more than you're kind of projecting onto them. I think if you, as well, if you're speaking with a, a lot of clients from the same business, then sort of if you're having lots of regular conversations, then it's really good to sort of tie things together for people, especially at a larger business when you don't know who's speaking to who. I think if you know something that's going on within that company that your client that you're speaking to directly might not know, then sort of sharing that information and sort of joining the dots for them is where you're going to really add value as well. You can make the mistake of being too bullish in it all as well. You know, we're all creatives and we're all, we all got into this industry for the, for that reason. So we've got a lot of ideas of what the kind of projects we want to work on. And sometimes you can, you can walk into a project and think, Oh, it'd be really great to do this. This is kind of my aspiration to do that kind of video, but you can, you need to be careful because you may be completely missing the point. Um, with what the clients wanted to do. Have you had an experience of that? Have you sort of gone and thought you wanted to do something with one particular project? I've had to check myself a few times, you know, kind of take Just a step you back. You yourself. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> but no, you, you, sometimes you do, you know, you, you, your imagination runs wild and you just have to take a step back and, and sort of reevaluate, you know, the objectives of this. And I think that's something that me personally, I've developed a little more as, as I've got more experienced is taking that step back and, and seeing things, mm. seeing the whole picture 
Um, so yeah, I, I think it's important to make sure you're keeping yourself in check. That's key, I think, is understanding what the objective is and you know what are they trying to achieve. That that is the most important thing of any video project, really. And then we can tailor something around what that what that objective is. Um, but but too often, the clients will maybe focus on the tactical bit of what it, you know, maybe the, the more nuts and bolts of how a particular video will look as opposed to what it's going to do. Yeah, definitely. I think you mentioned there about sort of what it achieves. I think recapping at the end of a project, understanding what, if it has achieved its goals, is always a really key thing as well for sort of building longstanding client relationships, sort of knowing if it has actually hit the targets that you want it to hit. Um, so I think what we do here is actually have feedback sessions and having that regular feedback with your clients is really helpful yeah. for knowing if you actually hit in the mark and knowing if you're actually doing the right thing or if there's things that you actually need to tweak. Yeah, and we've mentioned the feedback calls a couple of times now on, on the different sort of episodes we've had and they, they are really important because it really opened our eyes to what we thought we knew about a particular client or projects actually wasn't always right and we've directly change our processes as a result of that you don't change it every time because not everybody likes that you know people work in different ways but if you start hearing similar things um you can look to kind of um you know kind of tweak your process or how you sort of deal with certain clients it shows that you care as well and in, in in all walks of life you'd never kind of put someone down who has the right attitude and wants to be better even if they don't kind of measure up it every time so, obviously, when we're looking at client relationships and, and the business, well, you know, clients can get on with you and, and like you as much as, as you want, but it can be quite cutthroat at the end of the day. And if you're not providing value, then it's probably not going to last, stand the test of time. So, how do we think that we can provide value uh, in these relationships to make sure that it does continue? I think that goes back to, it's kind of linked to what we'd said before. I think the, re, the, the real sort of nub of providing value is understanding what you, what is important to your clients or understanding your audience, you know, understanding what their aspirations are with their job, understanding where, what, where the video that you're creating fits into what they're trying to achieve. You know, what might be a small event video that we're creating for a client actually might be integral to what they're doing. And if we get that right and they make thousands of, you know, pounds off the back of it. So it's really understanding exactly what they're wanting to achieve. And I think there's lots of ways in which you can sort of provide further value. And that just comes down to, again, understanding your clients, understanding what's important to them, making them feel good, I think, and also understanding their needs, you know, going to them and suggesting ideas. You know, a big thing for me when we've worked with suppliers is, I just, it's great when some of them come to me and say, I've thought this great idea for seven. Why don't you think about this? I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. They, they get me, they get the, the company, they understand yeah. what we're trying to achieve. And that's what, we, that's what we're trying to do more and more so with clients. Yeah, and I think generally it's not, it's not something you immediately require as well. It's just something that sort of puts the thought in your head to think actually this could be a really big thing or something that generates a bit more of an idea for you as well, which is always really nice. And I think sort of, sharing examples of things is sort of really key to that, even if they're not things that you've directly done, but things that you've seen sort of in the general sphere of what whatever your client is doing. I think if you place in that kind of at the top of your priorities to ensure that your clients do get value out of this rather than you making a ton of cash, like sometimes taking a bit of a 
maybe offering them a cheaper option. Obviously, you're not going to make as much on it, no. but at the same time, if that gives them a loads more value, you're probably going to get yourself another three or four projects potentially off the back of it because you kind of have that trust. I mean, I know I always um, trust the, um, the car garage that I go to because they've quite often... Um, so they're quite a lot as well, by the sounds yeah. of it. There's quite a few. Uh... Oh, um, I'm on. Is this a good? I'm is this a good example or a bad example? No, it's well, it is a good example. I'm on a Christmas card list, yeah. um, but I go, I go to them and then there are quite a few times they've said, "Oh, you don't actually need that doing." Um, I've come to them and said, "Oh, I need three new tires," and they've said, "Now you only actually need one." Yeah. Obviously, eventually, I'm going to need more tires, mm. um, and I will go to them because. You just kind of, it breaks that stigma of like, oh, they just want a load of money out of me. Everything's fake. Whereas like, you can see that they've tried to give you extra value. So that for me, it was, was a big thing. That long-term approach, which, which can be difficult in a sales environment when, you know, you're chasing targets and, you know, you, you needed to hit numbers. It can be difficult to maintain that balance between doing you know doing you know suggesting the best options and and, and sort of achieving the numbers that, that you want to achieve as well so it is always difficult but ultimately it, it's it's putting the client first and you know they're going to like you mentioned there they're going to come back time and time again mm. if you give them what they need not always what they want yeah i think as well if you're sort of offering something that is sort of a say of a lesser value and saying this is how to use it or this is sort of an idea of how to use it or here's sort of an, an add-on for it that's another way of sort of adding an extra bit of value, sort of saying, say with the, social, with the socials for the podcast, we do one big long one and then sort of reduce it down to smaller cuts, um, which you get a lot more use out of it. So you can do that with sort of a, a lesser size product. Yeah, it's similar with like um, case studies as well. Again, we've touched on this in a previous episode, but, you know, we can create a case study on site for four grand or we can film one remotely for 1500 quid and it's giving clients the option um to do both and say look it's always about understanding budgets as well that's really important and saying look we can work within different budgets we want to know what how we can deliver um the most value i think value isn't always cost-led either i think value is sometimes sort of like what you get for that value sort of like if it's a a lot of content versus sort of one big long video that's expensive you get sort of a lot of content from one one video that's then cut down into lots of short pieces it's sort of it's the amount you get for it yeah i mean one thing that's always intrigued me a little bit is is how you know you guys have a nurture sequence that you take all of our clients through it's not something i've ever been kind of involved in so what what's involved in that whole sort of nurture sequence and how do you nurture those relationships there is yeah it's kind of twofold i think in terms of nurture sequences for sort of new clients that's kind of a really good way to of to demonstrate to your target audience that you understand them and um, i think again i used it in a previous podcast as an example with the business mentor we work with i went into a nurture sequence that he did and he i got about four or five emails and they were all directly speaking to me as a business owner what my problems were and i was at the, this guy speaking to me i you know i need to work with him so it's a really good way of you demonstrating how you can how you understand the problems that your audience have by providing that content to them that demonstrates those problems they have. I think when you're getting into nurturing relationships of of existing clients, there's a lot more you can you know. It's touching on things we mentioned about making them feel good. It's it's being 
personal again you know not too personal it's, it's known where they're going as well sort of knowing what their sort of goals like personal goals and aspirations are as well so you can help them get to it i think that's really important yeah it's understanding you know all sorts of you know, it's little things like if they've been on holiday it's jotting that down in your crm system when you next speak to them you know how was your time in wherever you went and it's it's being personal it's just showing that you've listened I think I'm, I'm using it with my friends now. I'm noting down all their birthdays. Send them wine on Amazon. Another thing that's always kind of, I've always wondered is, I know for when I'm in, you know, reading through my emails and I see like an email from a company like checking in saying, oh, are you, are you wanting to do anything else like this or that? And then I just think, I know I'm definitely in their nurture sequence and they're just sending these emails. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes it just does feel a little like... A bit salesy, a bit pushy. Yeah, a bit yeah. A salesy annoyance. How do you sort of make sure that that isn't how it's coming across? I think that they're probably... You're, you're either not their right target audience or they don't solve the problem that you have. So it's ultimately having the right target audience and solving their problems. I think a lot of it is sort of time and place as well as where you are in that sequence. Generally, if, like it sounds like you're sort of at the top of the funnel where you're not actually at a stage to make a decision yet. Yeah, and actually that does kind of raise a point in my head really because the ones, the, the only ones that I really kind of have um, interacted with, they've, they've timed it at a point like say Paul, when I needed something new, and for example, it, it might have been a voiceover. Uh, at, at the time, I was looking for a voiceover artist. Someone's sent me their showreel and said, "Oh, let me know if you need any help." And I'm like, "I do need help." So yeah. I went to them, and it was they were there. So um, yeah, that's a really good point. It's keeping front and center of mind as well, and I think, yeah, I think that that's that's really important. So moving on to, again getting into the sort of the client relationship side of things. One of the things we were chatting about was sort of being flexible as well in your approach. And I think, you know, we've had instances where we've had to, you know, Michael, yourself used to be sort of our production manager. So there's a lot of flexibility involved there when, you know, filming dates were being pushed back or, you know, th thing, things happen that are out of your control. It's all about how, you know, it's quite easy to, I know, I know when I used to do the role, I used to get very, quite frustrated. Um, that, probably yeah. wasn't well suited <laughs> for it. But like, you know, it's easy to get frustrated, but you understand these things are out of your control. So yeah. how important is it to be flexible at times like that? I, I think it's really important, especially if it's something outside the client's control as well. Because um, generally a lot of the time, if you work in, say, with a case study it's it's their client's client yeah they're sort of the, the ones that are sort of changing changing things and i think as long as your client knows the repercussions of changing things and as long as you're clear and honest again it goes back to being honest and being trustworthy with it um then generally it's fine as long as you're sort of communicating what could happen as a result of that change um i think actually sort of being responsive again being responsive and actually making the change for them and sort of just working through the different options that they have is always really helpful. Yeah, you I mean you wouldn't entertain any relationship in life that was completely on their terms and no. there was no flexibility, no kind of compromise. And again, it, I guess it, it works within within this industry as well. It definitely does. I think because you've built up that trust and you built up that relationship with them, then they do trust you and they do understand where you're coming from a lot of the time. Um, but it's it is really important to to be flexible and actually offer a solution for what they need. Yeah, it's that, that teamwork, you know, being on who's on your team and being, it, like you say, it goes kind of both ways. And, you know, things we've also discussed about is like celebrating client successes and how important that is. You know, it's and what kind of things can people be doing to, to, to help to celebrate the clients? 
I guess it's that attitude of when one wins, everyone wins. Yeah. Um, oh, I like that. I, I think. Like that, yeah. There you go. Let's that one Yeah. <laughs> it will be now. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, you, you prove, if you prove yourself like through like their success or you back their success, that's always really helpful. And sort of you're genuine at that point, you're being genuine, you're sort of sharing, if you're sharing that sort of with your network saying, our client has done this. And it's not really like a humble brag. It's not you saying they've done it because of us. They've done it because they came to us with the idea and we've delivered it. Um, but actually celebrating that success with them will make them feel more valued as a customer. Yeah, it's showing you care, isn't it? And, you know, that can be something as little as something that's they might have achieved record numbers for a particular quarter and just bob them a quick email and say, you know, great to see that, good job. That just makes them feel feel good. Or it might be they might be getting married or something on a personal level and you just send them a little gift to say congratulations, here's something to celebrate. And from a business point of view as well, you know, you, you should be wanting to work with successful businesses. So, you know, you should, you know, why wouldn't you be happy and, and celebrate that? Yeah, and I think it's all about, yeah, I think that's quite a nice place to end that for this week, really. I feel like we kind of covered a lot of sort of good things in there around sort of building client relationships. We, we're happy with what we've covered there. Are you happier than you were at the start? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was happy all throughout, mate. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm happy with that. That's good. Good, so we're all happy. No, thank you for joining. And thanks to you for watching and tuning in for this week's episode of The Cutting Room. Um, So as ever, we're going to finish on the seven key takeaways for you to action and put into place in your business. So number one, establish trust. And do this by being honest and consistent. Number two, be responsive to your clients. Do what you say when you say you're going to do it. Number three, listen to your clients. Sounds quite simple, but understand what's really important to them. Number four, make sure you're providing value. Number five, nurture relationships with those clients. Make them feel good. Number six, be flexible. And number seven, make sure that you celebrate their successes. Thanks again for tuning in. If you liked it, as ever, give us a like, give us a share, rate it, whatever you need to do. Um, It's all much appreciated. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you again in another episode of The Cutting Room.